0: You is a $250 billion sovereign wealth fund. Uh, we are a, a global financial institution, one of the leading investment firms in the world. And largely, our portfolio is quite diversified. It's been, you know, significant industrial assets around the world. We operate in the U.S., and Latin America, in Europe, and Asia, and obviously here in Abu Dhabi and in the Middle East.
1: You are listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from The National in Abu Dhabi. I'm Kelsey Warner, future editor. Ibrahim Ajami, head of ventures at Mubadala, welcome. Thanks for joining me.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me today.
1: So last month, Mubadala announced a deal with U.S. private equity group Silver Lake. For those who aren't familiar with Silver Lake, it has been one of the world's biggest tech investors this century. They've invested in companies you may have heard of, like Airbnb, SenseTime, Alibaba, and Twitter. Prior to the September deal, Mubadala had invested alongside Silver Lake in Waymo, Alphabet's self-driving car tech company, and then in Geo, India's answer to Alibaba. So Mubadala in September announced it will partner with Silver Lake on a long-term strategy backed by a $2 billion investment. Abraham, can you talk more about the strategy and what role Silver Lake is playing for Mubadala these days? We've been investors
0: in tech for quite some time. It's been uh, it's been a good 12 years since we started first investing in technology, mostly hard technology, but it wasn't until 2016 that we developed our venture strategy, and, and the premise with our venture strategy was that, you know, as Mubadala is going to grow from where it is today to half a trillion dollar investment firm over the next X number of years, you know, technology was going to play an important role in driving that growth. Number one, and number two, technology was going to become central in a lot of the other investments and businesses and assets and sectors that we operated in. Not just from it from a disruption perspective, but also from an enablement and driving efficiency and productivity and growing of these portfolio companies, whether that's in real estate or in finance or in banking.
1: Sure. Every company is a technology company these days. Every company is a technology company. So we, we launched the ventures business and, uh,
0: and, and we, we started, we decided to start in San Francisco. I mean, that's uh, the most important, most intense um, technology ecosystem in the world. And, and really our strategy, our strategy and ventures was starting in San Francisco was, was anchored on two main pillars. First of all, go and identify the right set of partners. So we didn't just show up in San Francisco and say, hey, we are Mubadala, we are now going to be great venture investors. Um, We we came to San Francisco and and we we said, we're serious, we're committed, we're going to set up an office, we're looking for partners. Um, And we decided to partner with different funds at different stages. So early stage funds, seed funds, um, and even some growth funds. Um, to give us the access and the insight and the understanding and to obviously drive financial returns. In addition to that, in addition to that what we did is we built a team. We built a team that has um, you know that has a, a deeper understanding of technology, but also could operate and compete um, in a very very competitive ventures industry. And this team uh, would directly invest into uh, different companies, technology companies. That we would either source directly or we would work alongside um, our, our partners. So this was 2016, and we went off to execute on that strategy. And you fast forward nearly um, you know, four years. Uh, we, we, had, we had gone in December 2016, so almost four years. And, and what you have today is, you know, you have a US platform um, and you have a Europe platform based out of London. So we take the similar strategy and we apply it to Europe and you have also a MENA platform uh, based out of Abu Dhabi, which is also tightly close to Hub 71. You know, what we what try to do here is um, if is, you is step back and you sort of say, okay, here's a whole set of relationships that we've developed over the past four years and we've built teams on the ground in these different geographies that have been investing in different companies and different growth segments and areas. You know, the ability for us to leverage all these relationships and networks and access It's the ability for us to have insights and understanding in different regions, and it's the ability for us to tap into the overall mobile network, uh, all the relationships, the access, um, the capabilities that makes this ventures business, what we we humbly say, one of the most differentiated and potentially one of the strongest ventures platforms in the world.
1: So you've also said that partnering with Silver Lake is about connecting Abu Dhabi with the main tech hubs around the world. How are you measuring progress on that front?
0: So Silver Lake is a great example. So we said, you know, we're going to also partner with the best. So we have, you know, we have over 35 smaller funds. You know, these are early stage funds, but we've also partnered with some of the leading technology investors in the world. And these are likes of SoftBank and Hill House Capital and Silver Lake. And we developed... A relationship with Silver lake over the past uh, four years we've been having good dialogue with them and and you know we did we did uh, waymo in, in, in February uh, we invested in waymo uh, with them and really the dialogue with them was you know listen we are one of the preeminent technology investors in the world mobile you seem to be very serious about technology over the next 10 20 years why don't we develop a partnership together where we can, you know, we can work alongside each other's journeys as we continue to grow our respective firms. So, you know, the question I got on that day, I'll see a significant amount of feedback from the industry says, you know, is Silver Lake a change in your strategy from an early stage venture investor to more of a later stage private equity like technology investor? And the answer is no. Silver Lake was just a, you know, another proof point that Mobadla is going to invest in the early stages of technology, but also invest in growth stages. We look for emerging partners that could potentially become leaders one day. And we also look to partner with leaders that are quite significant today. And that's how we have created this overarching map.
1: I think the signal, too, because the 25-year time horizon was mentioned in public statements, that that got some people's wheels turning on a change in strategy. Can you speak a little bit to that longer time horizon that this partnership entails?
0: Yeah, I think increasingly the the sort of 10-year fund timelines, um, it it takes longer for some of these technology companies uh, to become quite dominant and quite important. You're seeing some investors, you know, operate within limited time horizons that are not really consistent for long-term returns. And Silver Lake's view is, you know, we are a long-term consistent partner and an investor. And we want to be that kind of partner to these technology companies that might require more time. So for us as Mubadala, you know, that is uh, very aligned with our long-term thinking and our strategy, which is, you know, we don't need to, we obviously look for returns. We're very focused on returns, but we are not bound by any specific time horizons. We would rather take a long-term perspective, especially in a company that we believe one day could be worth 200 billion or half a trillion dollars. With an investor like Silver Lake, so our, our ability and flexibility to take a long-term perspective is what what got us very excited about this strategy that Silver Lake um, developed. And we were the first we were the first in the world to partner with Silver Lake on this. And and again, yet another proof point that. Um, you know, that Mubadla is is very committed and serious. You know, I'll tell you a story. You know, in 2016, Kelsey, when we first started meeting a lot of these funds, you know, the feedback was, well, you know, technology is hot right now. Uh, we've, we've heard, we've seen this. You guys, you, investors come, you deploy capital one time, are good, but then you go away when technology is challenged. And our perspective, and again, over the past four years, we've proven this that we are here to stay for the long term because we have a fundamental deep conviction that technology is going to be the central strategy for Mubala's growth.
1: Okay, so from 2016 to a year like 2020, where we're having all of these kind of anomalies, all of these threats, working from home, remote events, existential uncertainty around our ability to surface treatments to a pandemic, food security, financial inclusion, displacement of jobs due to rising automation. Okay, this is just an abbreviated list of the signals and the noise of 2020 and things that I've seen Mubadala talk about in the last few months, certainly. Um, you spoke about investing in seed stage startups and later stage multinational tech giants now these days, which gives you a real seat at the table. So what are some of the clearest signals you're getting from a year like this one?
0: Yeah, so, you know, we invested in, we, we finalized our investment in Waymo in February 2020 I was in San Francisco. I get on a plane. Um, you know, we we wrap up the investment. We're, we're going to announce it. I get on a plane from San Francisco, heading back to Abu Dhabi. That was the last time I've been in San Francisco. The world's changed since February two thousand twenty. Um, a lot has changed. You know, we didn't anticipate that a company like Waymo would ultimately put a lot of its um, um, a lot of its uh, you know autonomous network on hold. But if you fast forward, Elsie, you know, this has been probably the most significant acceleration significant acceleration of of technology trends technology impact and technology thesis we've ever experienced first of all and let me give you some examples i mean we have been quite active in 2020 we've invested in geo in india we've been quite active we've done the silver lake partnership we've been quite active in europe we've been quite active in the us we've been quite active in china and all this, and we've done all these investments um, remotely. We've, we've conducted a lot of our investments remotely. And, you know, let me just give you, you know, some points around some themes in terms of uh, what's been happening, what technology. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, we know the story of e-commerce uh, very clearly. E-commerce has accelerated five years in just three months. Five years in just in just three months. I mean, we it sort of transformed how we behave online and how we conduct commerce online. Probably the most significant significant sector to witness acceleration is healthcare. I mean, ninety nine point nine percent of the people in this world will go through COVID without ever seeing a doctor. Not just from a from a digital health, from an ability to understand, personalized ability to understand, evaluate, and get data, uh, but significant role of technology in the transformation of healthcare systems in therapeutics and drug discovery. I mean, you're seeing the number of healthcare companies uh, that are working on, on, on various COVID vaccines and COVID therapeutics. These are you know, significantly enabled by technology. So that's another, another, and the third exciting area that I would say that has been quite impacted by, uh, by this major pandemic is what we call, you know, supply chain and transportation and the overarching trans, the transformation of cities. Um, you are, you know, with, whether it's public city planners can no longer just plan their cities based on transportation needs. They have to sort of consider social issues, demographic issues, and health issues. Uh, you're seeing. Uh, you know, countries like France and the UK develop new cycle lanes and new pedestrian lanes. They're looking into different forms of micro-mobilities of how people can move around. One of our investments uh, in the UK is Kazoo, which is an, an online used car marketplace. I mean, we've seen people significantly in the UK increase their used car buying um, uh, purchases because they're no longer comfortable with public transportation. So there's been some real change over the past 12 months uh, in areas like healthcare and transportation and e-commerce uh, and financial services you know there's been recent a recent survey where you know over 40 percent of people in the us that's been conducted say they do not intend to visit a branch in a bank or how do you develop a financial institution from the ground up without ever developing a branch and how do you ensure that you have the right experience uh, to develop a close relationship with money. So, you know, this is, this is you know, it, it really is the greatest accelerator in technology. And, and it was just, uh, the reason I say, like when, when I got on that plane in San Francisco in February, never in my wildest dreams would have I anticipated this to happen. And, you know, for Mubadala, this is not only sort of doubling down and tripling down on our strategy that we mapped out in 2016, I and mean, this is it. This is it. We will become we we will become and our plan is to become one of the most significant, responsible and leading investors in technology over the next
1: decade. I just wonder, I mean, the question in my mind always is how much of this is going to stick? So with tech companies like Facebook and Dropbox telling employees to work from home forever if they want your trips to the West Coast where Mubadala has an office in San Francisco. What do you think is to become of cities like San Francisco? What do you think will become of a city like Abu Dhabi? What can we be learning from other cities?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I listen, I, I I don't know if we're ready to sort of all go, you know, remote um, but, you know, I think even in San Francisco and in London, we're, we're providing that flexibility and that optionality for employees. We have beautiful offices in San Francisco that have not been used for a year. Um, but we are we are productive. Uh, we are getting more and more productive, and more and more um, effective. You know, doing things remotely. We just invested. I don't know if you if you heard. Gazi, we just invested in this uh, in this online video platform company called uh, called Mahem, which is which really takes our Zoom experience uh, or any of our video conferencing experiences, just makes it much more much more intimate, more visual, more interactive. Right. How do we how do we take these experiences now and really uh, increase and accelerate the productivity? I think you're going to see a significant amount of investments and innovation that's going to happen in that space you know, that gives us the ability to work from wherever we want and live wherever we want and to be close to the families and the people that we want to be close. But at the same time, I think that physical presence is going to be important. And we as Mubadla want to give that optionality um, across uh, across our offices. So you know, I, I don't know if I, if I have a very clear answer on the permanency of it. But I do know that we will not go back. We will not go back to the way things are. We, we don't need to go back to the way things were before. I and mean, we have 2020 is proven.
1: So as I'm talking to you, the UAE is announcing a $3 billion fund with Israel following the Abraham Accord. The new fund is going to open a development office in Israel to initiate projects with growth potential and to create jobs. Are you eyeing any opportunities in Israel?
0: yes we are very excited about the accords and very excited about opportunities in israel israel is one of the leading venture and technology ecosystems. we as mubadala have been interacting and engaging with various uh, investors israeli investors that have been operating in, in europe and in the us over the past four to five years I and mean, they're quite active in technology and uh, we are presently evaluating various partnership options and models just like we did in the us and in europe um, it, it's a it's an important part of our again technology strategy. We need to be serious about that region, and at the same time, uh, the Israeli funds and the companies are really excited about tapping into uh, the region as a growth platform for them. So we have Hub Seventy One in Abu Dhabi, which ultimately becomes a platform for a lot of these companies that want to expand uh, into Abu Dhabi. So this is a, you know this is a new opportunity horizon for us that we we plan to be quite active in.
1: So I want to switch gears. You were in Beirut on August 4th, the day of the devastating explosions in the port. Since then, you've launched the Ajami Foundation with your wife, Annalie, to help those displaced. Can you talk to me about the last couple of months in that regard and what you're looking to do?
0: Yeah, it's been quite an intense six months. Obviously, you know, at least to say what we spoke about with COVID and the acceleration of the technology strategy and a lot of our investment activities. But but here we are in Beirut, you know, we're enjoying, uh, trying to enjoy our summer and the explosion happened. Obviously, the devastation was quite significant. I mean, you know, over a period of like four days, we had decided to go to the streets to help, just to help people, help families and help small businesses, people that have been really devastated. And, you know, every single hour and every single day, it became increasingly evident to us the impact and the damage. Um, It just, it it, it, it was unbelievable to to see uh, the devastation. So as we were helping, you know, just a lot of students, a lot of young people, just trying to help people to alleviate some of the suffering, and uh, you know, uh, we decided—it's uh, actually my wife's idea—and say, listen, we really need to, to create something here. We need to put together a foundation that can help people and that can help businesses. So we 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 um, overnight uh, we came up with the idea. We sketched it out. Uh, we were able to launch a website again. The acceleration of technology in two days and uh you know we look for donors online and and really initially the, 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 the plan there was just shelter for uh, shelter for displaced people but as we think long term fundamentally the mission of the foundation is going to be how do we support small businesses how do we support support uh, community businesses of getting back on their feet and what's exciting especially for me is how do we use technology? How do we? Use, this is an opportunity. I mean, there's an overarching opportunity for Beirut and Lebanon to really start again and get it right. But for a lot of these businesses, how do they use technology to change the way they were doing businesses, become digital businesses, um, offer their services uh, in a digital in a digital manner, both offline and online? Uh, so this is, uh, you know, in a way the greatest opportunity for small businesses in Lebanon uh, to renew how they run their business. I mean we invested in Geo in India. Geo is really about enabling the hundreds of millions of small retailers around India to get online. So where's the geo of Lebanon? Where's the geo of our region? So you know I think this is a it's become a, an important part of my role in supporting small businesses. And uh, you know, for my wife and I, it's sort of our personal mission to to make a positive impact, given given the devastation that we saw. So it's a, it's sort of a weekend job for me, and uh, you know, I try everything I learn uh, from uh, you know the great things that I do in Mubadala just to you know make a positive impact.
1: Ibrahim Ajami, head of ventures at Mubadala and co-founder of the Ajami Foundation. Thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. That's it for today. If you enjoyed this show, please do subscribe or leave a review. All that's left to do is thank our producers, Aisha Khan and Arthur Edison. And thank you for listening.